Welcome to Nightlock, a Hunger Games podcast. And welcome to episode 49 of Nightlock Podcast, where we cover anything and everything related to the Hunger Games franchise through news stories, book analysis, fan fictions, related music, product reviews, as well as other fun segments. So we're back. We are here changing things up here at Nightlock Podcast. We're going to start featuring guest hosts for the next few months leading up to the highly anticipated Catching Fire movie in November. Sadly, Matt and Mariah will no longer be permanent hosts of this show. However, you may hear them again on a future episode. No promises, but we'll see what happens. And as you listeners know, the three of us are in a transition moving on to college, so schedules have become very busy this summer. And we become even busier once we actually start college. Uh, so we'll be sticking to a monthly schedule of releasing episodes. Um, but that doesn't mean we're going to limit ourselves. Some months may have a few extra episodes. But for the most part, we're sticking to monthly. Um, probably in November, you'll see a couple more episodes just because that's the month for Catching Fire. So enough of me talking. I want to introduce the guest host on today's episode, longtime listener of the show and friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hi. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great having you on. We've become... Uh, it's like been a dream of mine, so I'm like super pumped. Yeah, it's awesome. We are recording early in the morning here, but you know, getting things <laughs> done here at Nightlock. Yeah, so. getting stuff done. Yeah, should be a great show. Absolutely. We've got so much packed in this episode, I'm afraid we're not going to get to anything. So if yes. I hint at something we're going to do and we don't end up getting to it, then I guess you'll just have to stay tuned for another episode. <laughs> So we have some news to catch up on. Hunger Games-inspired reality TV show has recently aired, so we'll, we will discuss how closely it's related to the Hunger Games. And we're going back to our old kind of outline of covering two chapters, since we're switching to, like, monthly schedule and everything. Got to fit in all the chapters before the uh, movie release. And we left off with Katniss, Pete, and Finnick in the games, and Mags, too. Forgot to include her. She's important. Don't, don't forget Mags. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And she's very important in my chapter, too. Yes, she is. Very vital moment we'll get R.I.P. to. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yes. So sad. <laughs> uh, so we'll continue with their adventures in Chapter 21 and 22 of Catching Fire. Um, so, as I said, most filled episode yet um, of just segments and everything. So. All right. Well, as you all know, our first segment, News, Phantom Post, where we cover the most major news stories in the Hunger Games franchise um, for the month now. So... Our first news story, Julianne Moore is currently in consideration for the role of President Coin, and don't know if you watch this. I don't, Chris. Um, I don't either. Yeah, I know. I think my parents do, but I wasn't going <laughs> to invite them on the show just for this. It's one of those shows, I see. Yeah, not, not a teenage show. Although, I guess we're adults now being 18. Are you 18 or are you 17? I am 18. You are 18. All right, so we are adults now, so. Boom. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I like other HBO shows, not not huge uh, game change yeah. fan. I looked up uh, her up on IMDb just to see sort of what she looked like and what other things she had been in. Mm-hmm. And um, she definitely looks close to what I pictured President Coin when I read um, Mockingjay. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't seen anything else that she's been in, but just really? how she sort of looks, I definitely think that uh, uh, she could play the part very well. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't seen anything of her in it. You probably have. I know. You're Isn't that weird? Not thinking of it. Have you seen Jurassic Park? Oh, I have seen Jurassic Park. I don't know if she's in all of them. I, I watched the first one actually kind of recently. 
Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, she's in Benny and June. Nope. Uh, let's see if I can get anything else. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm determined to find a movie you've seen her in. I know. Well, I'd like Jurassic Park, so that's good. Okay. There's one. Um, and more recently, <laughs> um, she was in, what? what's the name of it? Crazy Stupid Love. I liked that movie. That was good. I haven't seen that, but I heard a lot. I think my mom saw that, so. Yeah. <laughs> Our parents are a main topic of discussion on today's episode. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, we should invite them on. Yeah. That'd be an interesting episode. Oh, Definitely gosh, a dork yeah. episode if we did that. <laughs> um, but she, in um, Woody Harrelson, who plays Hamish, as we know, um, was also in the game change. So she has that connection. I wonder if that kind of helped her you know, be in consideration for the role. Yeah, definitely. Actor Actors, uh, if they're working with people who are, you know, good, good people and good actors you know they'll definitely um be like hey um this actor is really good we should put them in the film somehow and um i have no doubt that probably uh you know helped her in the long run so yeah and she also co-starred with josh hudderson in the kids are all right um mm. so i believe she was one of his moms um <laughs> in the movie so and that, that was a good movie too um i think matt's a fan of that movie <laughs> Um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, wh- when I picture President Coin, I picture kind of, um, like a short haircut that kind of like, like kind of angles her face. So it kind of like, um, kind of goes under her chin a little, a little bit. I don't know yeah. if I can, like picture that, but, and I pictured like, uh, I don't know if it said it in the book or I'm just coming up with this. Um, <laughs> she had like kind of gray whitish hair. She's yeah. like, a little older, but, mm-hmm. um, it should be interesting. I know a lot of people say they want Meryl Streep to play the part, but. I oh my like gosh, I love Meryl Streep. She's just too big, and, like, it'd be, like, why is Meryl Streep in the movie? Whereas yeah, it Julia wouldn't be Moore... President Coyne. It'd be like, oh, look, Meryl Streep. Yeah, I think it'd be a little bit weird. Just like uh, when we talked about um, if Rebel Wilson played Tigress. Oh, my God. I know I you're a big Rebel fan of Wilson. her. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think it'd be a little weird. It'd be like, what is she doing and catching... Or it'd be Mockingjay. Mockingjay, part yeah. one or part two, whatever. Yeah. But, um... But can I just say, um, Mockingjay was a really tough book for me. I cried throughout most of the book. Um, So it's going to be really rough how they are splitting it into two films um, because I'm just going to be crying for like four hours because (laughs) the two films are going to be so sad. Yeah. Matt Um, was saying the other night that um, Mockingjay is actually his favorite book. Which Matt Matt's book? Yeah. Matt's favorite book uh, out of the series is Mockingjay. I'm like, that's just weird. That is weird. Usually it's not, so... Yeah, you, it's pretty much Hunger Games or Catching Fire, I think. I yeah. think even, like, most people would say Catching Fire. I love Catching Fire. Oh yeah, God. I think it has the most, like, action and just... It has the best of everything. The arena is so cool and... Yeah. Oh, and the great. stakes are much higher, as all the actors keep saying in all the uh, interviews. <laughs> yes, I have no doubt. And then in Mockingjay interviews, they'll be like, the stakes are even higher. <laughs> right. Just every <laughs> movie, they just get higher and higher, which is true, but... True. Yeah. So we'll see if this ends up happening, but um, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, it's been it's been in consideration for a while. Like this news came out a while ago, and now we're we're still, you know, there's still no waiting. update. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, next news story: a new partnership between Catching Fire and Subway has been made uh, in a press release by Lionsgate and Subway. Quote with thematic ties to the film, along with specially marked packages with codes encouraging customers to engage online for their chances to win prizes. That was a long sentence. Subway customers can also pose with their favorite characters, standees in the restaurants, and are invited to share photos on social media for additional chances to win. 
So I think out of all of the, um, I don't know if it's fast food. I guess it's fast food. Healthy fast Basically, food. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I think this is the best one the Hunger Games could have fit because if they were like with McDonald's, like, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, that's a little tacky. Yeah. But I wish I heard this news story and I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? You know, and then it says, you know, there are so many opportunities, you know, toasted pita bread. And I was <laughs> right. like, really? You know, Subway's just trying to make a big buck. Um, you know, cause I was thinking they should totally incorporate Subway into the, into the movies, you know, so they should have, instead of parachutes fall from the sky, like footlongs of like <laughs> just meatball subs, like fall from the sky. Footlongs with like Mockingjay wings, just kind of like yes, floating that's down. that's perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, but then, you know, it, um, as, as it also says, it's feeding America and it's helping, um, they're working with they're working with Subway to support Feeding America and help provide those in need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really great redeeming quality to the commercialism uh, that they're doing as well. So Yeah, I think that definitely helps. And um, just a little background information on it. Feeding America runs 200 food banks in the U.S. So That's um, crazy. Yeah, which is, yeah. I, I don't know, throughout the U.S., I, I would think it'd be like a higher number. but I would hope, yeah. But... Yeah, I, I guess it's just that's the total for now. But um, it gets bigger. Yes. Um, and it also reminds me of like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, I don't know what you would call it. I guess it's like a um, campaign or something like uh, Hunger is Not a Game. Okay. I wonder if it's, I'm surprised like, you know, they haven't worked with them more. Um, mm. That maybe like Feeding America and Hunger is Not a Game. Because um, it has just, Hunger and Game in it, which is the Hunger Games. Right, yeah. That's I think fans kind of started it. Um, Hunger Games fans started it on their oh, own or something. Oh, that's why. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. I, uh, yeah, I was like, that's so crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and this isn't the first partnership Catching Fire movie has. Um, Cover Girls, another partnership we learned about earlier this year. Um, so, just a little fun fact for you. <laughs> Our third news story um, is about Elizabeth Banks, and this is just kind of like an interesting thing that um, it's it's more the news. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, a kind of question, I guess. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Banks, in an interview, don't know which, sorry, um, was asked if she's <laughs> ever played a gay character, and she responded, quote, I don't think I have, although Effie Trinket in The Hunger Games might be gay. My vision of the capital is pansexual, like ancient Rome, where everybody's doing everybody. So... We'll try and stay PG, PG-13 here. But, um, I mean, we haven't heard anything from Suzanne Collins, um, so... Yeah, who's our, like, yes, god of this world. So, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's interesting. Um, I've never really pictured Effie with a life partner of a man or a woman. <laughs> so, I think it's interesting how um, Elizabeth Banks, who's the actress could be perceiving her that way because when I'm because I'm an actor and when I portray characters sometimes it can be very different from what the original actor portrayed in a musical or a play or what's originally written because I feel a certain connection or tie to a certain part of the show or you know story so I think it's interesting how she feels like um she could be her character could be gay or pansexual yeah I wonder kind of where she's pulling this from that, yeah. I mean, for all we know, she could have had a conversation with Susan Collins or, you know, Gary Ross or Francis Lawrence, uh, the directors. Um, but it, it could be true. It could be something that, you know, she she knows that we don't know and she's kind of hinting at it. Yeah. But it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, throughout the movies, if they kind of focus on that at all. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. 
yeah, so we'll have to hashtag, see. Hashtag equality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and our last, yeah, last news story, um, most exciting probably. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Comic-Con. So uh, we were able to get a glimpse of the newest Catching Fire trailer at Comic-Con this year. And uh, I unfortunately wasn't there. You weren't either. I was not. No, sadly not. Someday, I was in someday. Florida, so, um, so yeah. So we just ugh, first mess up. Uh, so we just <laughs> wanted to kind of go over um, uh, some highlights of it. And um, last episode of Night Rebels, we dissected the train. Uh, train. Yes, the train was in it, but we didn't dissect just the train. We also <laughs> the dissected trailer? the trailer. <laughs> frame by precious frame uh, with our friends over at Rebellion Radio. So um, you can go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Um, it was a relatively short episode, so you can definitely fit it into your busy day. Yes, it was great. Um, but other than the trailer, there was a whole panel. Um, so who was in the panel? Uh, director Francis Lawrence and actors Willow Shields, who plays Primrose, Lenny Kravitz, who plays Cinna, Liam, Hem- Liam Hemsworth, who plays Gail, Josh Hutcherson, uh, who plays Peta, Jennifer Lawrence, who plays this girl Katniss, and newcomers Jeffrey Wright, who plays Beatty, and Jenna Malone, who plays Joanna, or as Kira likes to say, Johanna. Johanna? Yes, Johanna, because that's how they pronounce it in the uh, audiobook, I believe. No way. I think so. We One episode, we were like debating it, and I found an audio clip of it. I was like, I got to get the real, real thing. I believe that's what they said now. I can't remember. But... At Comic-Con, they said Joanna. They did. Okay. Yes. All right. We'll see so, what they uh, say. They probably say, uh, what did you just say? Johanna? Jo- Johanna. Johanna. All right. We'll find out. I'm probably wrong. Well, I mean, it's cool. We, we all have our different ways of pronouncing cool. things. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, in the panel, we learned, at least I learned, this might have been out there beforehand, um, that... Uh, Francis Lawrence met with Suzanne to outline the film. Like, that's the first thing he did um, as director. Um, they met that's in, crucial. Yeah, they met in New York City, which is close to both of us. I wish I yeah, could have known. We should have gone. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I believe my input is very, uh, you know, important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what were your kind of favorite parts of this? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jen uh, talks about how her hardest stunt in the film is running and trying not to hit herself in the head with her bow. Classic Jen. Um which I thought was so funny. Um, and as Francis Lawrence is, um, you know, answering a question to a fan, you see in like the, the right, uh, end of the panel where Jen, Josh and Liam are, and then Josh and Jen are taking like selfies and you can totally see that like Josh is like nudging Liam to check his phone. Cause like he must've totally sent them selfies and <laughs> it was just so Snapchat funny. And the top comment on the YouTube video was Josh and Jennifer are like two misbehaving children that you cannot take anywhere. <laughs> um, which is, I just love them even more because I think it's so funny. So they're probably like my two, like in all these franchises that, you know, I'm a fangirl of and everything like yeah they're probably like my favorite actors to just like watch youtube videos of and everything oh my gosh i'll spend hours watching jennifer lawrence interviews it's just sometimes it's like i just need like a little pick me up and you just watch Mm. a jen video and you're just you're all set jennifer lawrence funny moments just you'll spend hours doing that that's your homework everybody (laughs) Um, yeah i thought it was funny that i believe it was jen that said um they were talking about kind of the transition between, you know, having all these new actors on set um, and just kind of the chemistry of the cast. And she was saying, maybe, maybe it was Josh. I can't remember now. Maybe it was the two of them. Um, I think it was Jen who said. Uh, the uh, 
yeah. part where she's talking about how the Hunger Games was kind of like a summer camp. Yeah. I've, actually, I think that was Josh. And then that Jen said then, yeah. um, that the Catching Fire was kind of like a retirement home, <laughs> which is just – it's true, though. You think about it. It's like the first one was all these kids, and then the second one is like all these old people. You know, old people in our eyes, but, uh, you know, yeah. adults. Yes. So that was funny. Um I thought them talking about their kissing scene was hilarious. Oh my god, that was so funny. You know, a fan asked how hot were the uh, kissing scenes, and Josh was like, so hot, so hot. And then Jen had to mention the, the snot take that they did. Yeah, I think it was it was Jen that had a cold. And then, you know, she had a cold, and they're, I think they're like in the water or something, and uh, having a kissing scene, and they just kind of had a, a string of snot go from one person oh. to the other. Just and she said she'd put it on YouTube, so I think all us fans will hold her against that until she does. Oh yes, Definitely. or if it's on the DVD extras, right? Right, they didn't make a joke of that, so <laughs> hopefully that ends up uh, being true. Yeah, and um, then Jen also was asked by a super cute fan who was like so starstruck, and that would have totally been me. I would have been like, uh, "Well, I love you," and um, it was the know, first person, right? I, I think so. If like um, if what is the pros and cons of higher budget films and lower budget films. And Joe, uh, Jen sort of said, Joe, Jen sort of said that like higher budget film perks are better, you know, food and trailers. Um, right. Which is, I definitely think is a huge perk. So yeah. Jen, and <laughs> I remember one person, one last comment, uh, that, um, just saying, Oh, did you guys have to diet? And then they're like, Jen <laughs> dieting. No, no, they're not like, no, at no, all. No, 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 no. She's just trying, she's just trying to make it up the hill. Yeah. No, um, I love Jennifer Lawrence because she is not that actress who has to starve herself for the role of exactly. Katniss, even in the first film. Yeah. Um, and she's just very, you know, like, confident. She seems very confident about what, who she is and how she looks, and it's a good role model for other girls, I definitely think. Definitely. And I remember her, you know, a lot of press around, you know, because Katniss is supposed to be very skinny because she is starved and everything. And But mm. Jennifer didn't want girls to be like, I want to be like Katniss. I'm going to skip dinner. Yeah. So she was more like, I want to be, you know, looking strong and fit more than anything else. So Go Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, definitely. I think good top top model, <laughs> <laughs> good role model, definitely, <clears throat> definitely. Um, and to go along with the whole uh, panel was, of course, the highly anticipated trailer. Um, oh, it was so good. And so we asked you fans um, what you thought of it on social media, mainly Twitter, because that's my favorite. I know, me too. Yeah. It's, it's the easiest. You know, it's like, if you compare our uh, Twitter and our Facebook, definitely our Twitter has a lot more action going on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Summer kind of, I forget what I asked, but she said something like about, hopefully she was going to be satisfied with how they explained the quarter quell. Um, and afterwards I said, well, were you satisfied? And she said, I think I would have liked to see the character's reaction to the announcement, which I think would have been really cool if we uh, saw was- that. I almost think it'd be cool to sort of almost, like, save, save because it. I thought it was interesting how they, like, mentioned the quarter quell in the trailer, because even though it is a pivotal thing, um, I want to know what they're going to keep secret for the film, mm. um, and I like how they're sort of, like, teasing us with the announcement of the quarter quell, but we don't see Katniss, like, having a mental breakdown, um, and that's sort of something that we save for the movie, so people who haven't read the books... Um, get to be surprised by yeah they did have at the very end of the trailer her going into the arena but i don't know if if you're a non-fan if you would 
piece all that together like oh she's in the arena yeah like i think us fans are like oh my god she's in the arena but, i know i was like freaking out yeah that was definitely my favorite part as i uh, oh my said on the last I episode cannot wait i so was good. like hyperventilating yeah <laughs> i think it would have if, if they did go with the characters' reactions, it would have been cool if they did it the style how they did the countdown. Um, for oh, I yeah. I think the first time of trailer. Yeah, that second. was freaking cool. Yeah, <laughs> how they did a countdown, and then every time they said a number, they'd put, go at someone's face. So mm. it would have been cool if they did something like that, but I guess I guess they already did that. Been there, done that. <laughs> um, Steven said, thought we might go and see a bit more of the quarter quell former winners, maybe saving it for later trailers. But I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like future trailers is just going to be a mashup. I don't think we're going to get any new content. I know. I feel that way, too. And it's like I want to see more content. But, like, even for the first film, they were releasing all these promo. Like, um, a lot of – I remember a clip of, like, the uh, Caesar Flickerman interview with PETA was online. And Mm -hmm. I just – I was like, I can't watch it. I don't want to watch it. I want to be surprised. Like, you know, um, I'm one of those people. So I feel like um, it's interesting to see how they cut. The different trailers and you know tell different stories that way so i'm interested to see how um you know they could do that so how they piece the others together yeah yeah um yeah now i i do forget that like that they had like little um little couple minute things like Peter's trailers what two minutes or something like that like yeah uh, not his trailer his uh interview uh portion um but yeah yeah i wonder what they would give us for catching fire because they'll probably do something similar yeah this promotional yeah i don't know maybe um a discussion with president snow in katniss's house or Mm, yeah because that's towards the beginning so you wouldn't really give anything away yeah but it's like oh like what happens next like you're really hooked at that point yeah because you don't want to give i don't think you'd want to give anything in the arena yeah um away but yeah we'll see yeah we'll definitely cover it (laughs) absolutely um and oh my god so wicked said it was amazing the film's colors look so rich wasn't expecting to see the arena love how different the games are from from number one i love that they moved the tribute parade outside would have been boring to have it inside again very gladiator-esque um so yeah i mean last episode we were talking about the cinematography is just amazing um and they, they really everything looks polished i think is is the word i was i was looking for on last episode and i couldn't quite find it but <laughs> you found it yes um, finally i really liked i was just watching i was telling kira yesterday i was just watching the first film yesterday um and i really liked how gary ross um filmed you sort of the shaky cam and sort of uh, filmed the first movie because it was sort of like a very distressed like confused it wasn't polished um and i sort of liked that because it sort of represented their their world it's not polished it's not perfect it's um very raw yes and i really liked that but i also i'm a very i'm very excited to see francis lawrence's take on catching fire um and from the trailer it looks beautiful so mm-hmm. uh you know i'll see which one which director I like more. So Hopefully it's Francis Lawrence because we're stuck with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is very true. We, we don't really have any other options. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. The first one was very raw. This one looks polished. But I think that's a good thing because the first one is supposed to be raw. The book is very, very raw. Mm. Where the second book is, is more like, you know, you're, you're kind of set and you're getting you're kind of used to things at this point. And even the characters, like they're, you know, Pete and Katniss, they're cleaned up. They're, you know shaved and all that and good stuff and yeah so um 
And when I asked, what do you want to see more of? Um, v knows what she wants. She said more of the games, which I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't see any more of the games, you know? I think yeah, it's, me too. It's fun to show the other bits. I think it's going to be amazing when we do finally see it in the film. It's going to be really cool. And the colors, just from, you know, seeing colors of, you know, other scenes in the film are going to be gorgeous with the blue water and the green and the forest and... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be lovely, definitely. Absolutely lovely. Uh, and last one, what do you want to see in the trailer? The Spark Malark, probably my favorite Twitter handle so far, uh, <laughs> said Finnick and Peta's kiss, which I, I really have to say, it seems like this is what the fans want to see the most. Out of I do too, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, pro- it's definitely my top five, maybe top three. Wow. That should be interesting. Yeah, so. I definitely want to see that too at the Spark Malark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for news and mocking mail. Um, wasn't really mail, Twitter, but, you know, feedback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our next segment is a new segment, and it has to do with the Hunger Games-inspired reality show. Um, we're naming this uh, Capture Chat after um, our uh, Twitter chat that uh, we started. Um, so a few months ago, we reported that the CW was planning a Hunger Games-inspired reality show. Um, so those plans are in action, and the show Capture premiered uh, last Tuesday night, uh, July 30th, um, in the U.S. I'm not sure about other countries. Um, so we both watched it. Yes. And I just, I had high expectations, and it fell a little short for me. I, I thought it was intense. I thought it was cool. Um, I understand, um, because the Hunger Games is so, like, iconic that they can't do it exactly the way the Hunger Games is, but I thought it had really cool elements, like, you couldn't stay in one place for more than three minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I would have totally just, like, climbed a tree and, like, camped out, you know? Right. So Pulled a Katniss. I thought it was interesting. What? Pulled a Katniss. Just hang oh, out in yeah. a tree. Just, like, swing from trees. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah, so, um... Do you want to tell us a little bit about, like, the summary? Sure. In this intense new wilderness competition, 12 teams of two, sound familiar, will enter a fenced-in enclosure in the middle of the wild, where they must live for one month and compete against each other for scarce resources. So basically, so far, Hunger Games. Nothing's different. Basically. uh, With $250,000, a quarter of a million dollars on the line, it's a winner-take-all battle in which the teams must hunt down each other to survive. dun a <laughs> So, I mean, just hearing this is like, oh, this, this is going to be really interesting. And I just feel like they didn't, I don't know, at least the premiere wasn't as action-packed as I thought it would be. Mm. Um, it was definitely good. Like, I'm definitely going to tune in um, for the next episode. But, you know, thought it would be a little bit better. Um so, basically, each episode, which takes place over two days, one of the teams are the hunters, and it's their job to capture the other team. So, it's kind of like a hide-and-seek. Who's the hide hiders and the seekers? Very true. Um, so, and everybody has a tracking device, and uh, like Chris said, if you're in the same place for more than three minutes, you show up kind of on their GPS kind of thing. Um, and what else can I tell you about it? Um, the hunters must capture two teams by attaching, like, this, um, talon, they call it, and it's kind of this, like, metal, uh, not a sphere, because it's kind of, like, flat. It reminds me of what, like, your grandma would have, like, to have cookies in, 
but it's not, it's like a, I don't know why, but it like, it's like almost like a, like a tins like circle. Yeah. Um, and it like that, lights up. Yeah. Which is cool. And it makes a little sound like, and then like, you know, you better book it. Otherwise you're getting captured. Right. Yeah. So you hear that sound. <laughs> so the hunters have to like, um, kind of like tag them with it almost. Um, I was a little confused on that. Like they had to touch them with it, I think. Yeah, I didn't get it at first. I was like, okay. Um, but after like they captured the first person, I was like, oh, okay, because they have to like uh, they have to touch part of because they are wearing like almost like laser quests, like armor or something, mm-hmm. you know, like laser tag, and you have to like hit against them, and then both teams their armor or whatever will start lighting up um, oh, okay. once they've been tagged. So it kind of like lets you know. Yeah. So you're just like, ah, oh, I've been tagged. Right. And then you have to go into like this jail and like wait there. Um, yeah. And then it's kind of weird because like I thought it, cause they only have four hours to, uh, the hunt team only has four hours to capture one of the, uh, remaining teams out in the wilderness or whatever. And so I was like only four hours, you know, like the hunger games is like a nonstop, you know, but I can understand how like they have to put a time limit on it because like cameras rolling like for hours upon hours upon hours. Right. That's a lot of footage and a lot of work. And just so, the way that the cameras were going, it didn't seem like they were just set up in the arena. Um, oh no, people were. Wa- I could like cameramen were walking around. Right. So it kind of I don't know. Like if you're going around, like it's very kind of similar to like if we would play manhunt. Yeah. So you're trying to be quiet and like you know everybody has their own strategies. Like I mean I'm not like very like. Like, I don't have good endurance, but I can go fast. So, like, I kind of, like, sneak around, and then as soon as I see someone, then I bolt for it. Yeah. But if they're going for a strategy like that, then the cameramen are going to give them away. I know, because the cameramen are going to – it's going to be like PETA in uh, the first games, like, when his <laughs> right. bag was all messed up. It's going to be like, crunch, crunch. And Candace is like, okay, PETA, you go sit down, and I'll get food. All right. Like, yeah. You you stay put. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you take a break. But, yeah, no, I definitely – I didn't even think about that Um but then it was funny because then there was like allusions to like um like careers and like people were like teaming like like teaming up mm-hmm. and it just was not working because again they were making too much noise but then other teams were thinking so like uh, awful because they were like well you know if we meet up with the green team and then the hunt team comes we can just pawn off the green team to them and it's just like oh my gosh that's just like like hunger games and that's just awful Definitely. thinking but it is a quarter of a million dollars and on the line so yeah i'll I'll definitely stay tuned and and see what happens um yeah me too it's interesting um and another piece to this that's a little different is if the hunters that are the ones trying to capture other people if they fail to capture two teams they have like i think it's two days and then they're it's four hours each day right yes yeah um so if they fail to capture them and put them in the jail then they're going to be put up on the block which it's um kind of similar like i watch big brother yes i know reality tv show that's like yeah, inspired I mean, the hunger games i watch yeah, not it's very a huge bad. reality tv show guy but i've i watch this so yeah um so when so say they capture two teams those two teams will be put on the block and then other, the other remaining uh teams have to vote which one they want to leave yeah to, to kick off the island basically right and if the hunters fail to do this to capture two teams then if they capture one then they'll go up for like a nomination like um on the block with them and you know people will vote which to get out and i think if they don't capture anyone they're automatically gone yeah they're automatically eliminated if they don't capture anybody within the two days right so um so yeah i think it's i think it has potential 
I think it does too. Um, It can definitely only go uphill, I hope, from here. So yeah, yeah. So and I have to say the um, I don't know what you would call their like starting point of you know that whole the structure there is very Hunger Games. Oh my gosh, it totally is. Like the lights and it's it's got this you know gray kind of brownish tone to it, which is totally District Twelve. Yeah. It's and it's just it's very Hunger Games and even like when they um go over like the arena or they point out where people are it's it's like the game makers when they have their map and they're looking at who's where and it oh, it's so definitely crazy. interesting to check out being a Hunger Games fan definitely and I don't think that they are officially a Hunger Games reality show I think they're they just, not because I think they would have to pay like Suzanne Collins like royalties and stuff and I don't think they want to do that so right. which I don't understand how they're not because. They're basically taking her idea. Yeah, I think they're being really, like, really careful. I think they've changed, like, the Hunters. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's definitely a new aspect. Twelve teams, not districts. If they said districts, like, I'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, Suzanne better be getting a cut. Um, but there are definitely some things that are different um, that I think they can pass with, oh, this isn't a Hunger Games-based. It may be a little bit like it. Right. But you're not getting money for it sorry you know i can definitely see the cw doing that but yeah and also that it's not really susan collins i i mean she adapted this idea from ancient rome like you know legends and all that where they would put a bunch of like men into like this enclosed space uh kind of like an arena like what do you call those um uh, coliseum? coliseum yeah um and then they would you know have to fight out so it's not like, she kind of adapted this game from that main idea, so they could say they're doing the same thing, that, oh, no, we were inspired by ancient Rome, and, yeah. you know, so. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they end up kind of getting sued at all or anything. <laughs> There's a lawsuit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. May not be good. I, I would vote for Susan Collins to win that one. Uh, me too. Hello. <laughs> all right. So, oh, and uh, if you want to join our tweet chat, um, you can take part by going on Twitter and using the hashtag, hashtag capture chat. Um, and the show is called Capture. It is uh, Tuesday nights at 9 Eastern time. Um, it was 9, right? Yes. I think so. Yes. It wasn't 8 hours <laughs> later. 9. Um, yeah, Tuesday is at 9 uh, Eastern time on the CW. Um, so, yeah. Join the discussion. Very cool. Okay, so, moving on to Through the Eyes of Katniss Everdeen, chapters 21 and 22. So These are good my, chapters. Oh, just hit the mic. I am getting my book out now, and so, we are on chapter 21, not 17, where I'm opened. <laughs> 20, there we go, all right. So, we left off a long time ago, (laughs) where... You and Matt left off a long time ago. Yes, I believe he did last chapter, because I don't have any sticky notes in my book for uh, the previous chapter. So, we left off with Katniss experiencing the fog and beginning to wake up, you know, the whole gang, so... Oh my gosh, yeah, it was intense. Yeah, so this next chapter, not a lot goes on, but there's definitely vital moments, Mm -hmm. um... So I'll try not to get too into detail because it's a lot of, like, you know, steps into this whole process. Gotcha. So as soon as Katniss wakes everybody up, um, Finnick just throws Matt, uh, Matt, 
<laughs> Mags on his back and just kind of bolts down the hill. And um, now Peta is slow because he's still recovering from almost dying with the force field. Yeah, that was crazy. Yes, and that was... So he's weak. Yeah, so he's pretty weak. And so, you know, P- P- Ugh, Katniss is helping Peta to kind of like wake up and start moving because the fog is coming. Uh, it's starting to kind of surround them. And um, so this is kind of an interesting part. I was reading this last night. And um, there's a quote here. A terrible impulse to flee, to abandon Peta and save myself, shoots through me. Now, I just read that and I was like, oh, that's a good quote. You know, I want to make sure I like read it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, this is very similar to like the 74th games where Katniss is, Katniss and Peter running away from the mutts and yeah. she kind of goes without him. And I was like, oh, wouldn't that be great? I'll make the connection on the show. Yeah. Now here's the next line. It'd be too simple, fun, run, blah, 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 blah. Um, I remember how I did just this when the mutations appeared in the last games. I was like, seriously, I thought I made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> I was very, I was very upset because I thought, you know, I was like, ah, I could be smart on the show. And no, so that just shows how much I know Katniss that I can predict her next line. She's pretty, pretty yes. predictable. Um, and so Katniss says, "This time, my survival isn't the goal." Um, so kind of just a reminder that you know, last games, Peta was trying to save Katniss, and now the roles are reversed, and it's all about saving Peta. At least that's what Katniss yeah. thinks. Yeah, that's what Katniss thinks. Yeah, so she's a little unaware. um dramatic irony in its finest (laughs) right yeah so the the fog kind of burns not like fire like we would all think but more like a chemical um oh it must sting yeah i'm sure it's like and i being the science nerd i am i'm like i wonder what chemical they used (laughs) um and so she said quote our jumpsuits are no help at all we may as well be dressed in tissue paper for all the protection they give so um, just, just another one of her little funny lines of sarcasm. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you, Chris, what's your opinion on the, uh, jumpsuit adaptation from going from purple and blue, I believe in this book and now black and white in the movie? Uh, I think black and white is more almost like classic mm-hmm. and I don't know if purple and blue would translate very well onto the screen. You know, I think that black and white is sort of more defined or like uniformed. Yeah. Um, Easier on the eye. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. I think it would have kind of looked like one of those like track suits that like those kind of <laughs> older people will wear when they go power walking. Yeah. I, I definitely see that now. Yeah. I don't think it would have uh, really worked out. I think that's, that's an example of a very, very smart idea for the adaptation. Yes. It's a good change. Good job, guys. Yeah. So uh, Finnick encourages Katniss to um, Katniss and Peta to continue running down the hill because Peta's kind of slow and everything. And then Katniss notices Peta's face, like half of his face kind of starting to sag. Kind of oh like. Oh my gosh. My stomach like dropped. Yeah. Kind of like what would happen if like you have a stroke. Kind of like yeah, half your face that's is what I thought. kind of drooping. And um, so she says it must be targeting our nerves. Um, now once again, being a science nerd, um, I'm going to totally get into this right now. Go for it. Um, so I'm kind of thinking that you may not follow me and that's okay, but, um, it might kind of, if she's saying the nerves don't work, how nerves work is there's like these little molecules that go from nerve to nerve that jump the synapses. 
And I'm wondering if it's preventing uh, those little molecules called neurotransmitters to move because then you can't, the nerves don't work. So I'm just personally wondering if that's how it's scientifically happening. That's probably how they did it in the Capitol. Yeah, probably. Um, So what I'm thinking is now, since their nerves are affected, that means they're kind of, their muscles are affected. So they're kind of like, you know, spazzing a little bit um, Mm. at this point, and then it gets worse later on. Now, how do you think they're going to adapt this without being cheesy? Oh, that was like, I didn't even think about that. Um, Honestly, it's, I don't know if they'll even include it. Yeah. Because it will look really silly, I feel like. Um, They could do it very tastefully. Um, but what just come to mind, what just comes to my mind, like picturing them doing it, it just looks goofy and people who don't really understand are just going to start laughing. Yeah. And like in the, in, cause I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, Kira knows, mm-hmm. um, like if we go to like Deathly Hallows part one, uh, Peter Pettigrew is supposed to choke himself and kill himself in that Harry Potter book. Right. But they didn't even include that at all. He, they just cut it out because, I feel like it would have been cheesy to do a silhouette or, you know, so some things are better left in books that would make more Mm -hmm. sense and be more tasteful in books than are on film. So, yeah. And I think kind of an, an, another example of what we thought might've been cheesy in, um, uh, the hunger games was when the whole tracker jacker scene where it's kind of like the drugs are affecting her and, you know, when you're reading it, like, it's amazing. But then mm. you're like, you know, how are they going to adapt this? Because, you know, a lot of, like, uh, movies will kind of have, like, a, a drug scene be, like, um, I think of, like, that 70s show where it's just, like... Psychedelic. Yeah, it's smoky and they're being goofy. Or where they have, like, a bunch of different colors and it's kind of like a clown house. Yeah. But Gary Ross pulled it off. He had just he kind did. of... the. It really did a good job of, like, she couldn't focus on certain things. Like, Peta's face, there's, like, three of them, then one of them. And then, you know, she had the hallucinations. And so I feel like if if they can pull that off, they might be able to pull this off. But then again, it just might be, you know, you can't really do special effects with it. It's really... Yeah, like, it's kind of a more acting Mm -hmm. technique kind of thing. But I also liked how they had the flashback with her and her mom after uh, her father died during the tracker jacker scene in the first film. So I thought that was cool um, to mention. It's probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie just because you expect it like, ah, they're they're probably not going to do a good job. And then they just, they just blow you out of the water with it. They're like, wow, like they did a really good job with this. Yeah. So definitely a good scene. But yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. They probably won't include it. I think they'll probably just have it Either they can't breathe or it does kind of start burning them or something like that. Oh, that's um, interesting. I never thought, like, they can't breathe. That's interesting. Because uh, that would kind of be, like, yeah, like, if, you know, the chemical was making, like, oxygen not available to them yeah. um, in the air or something like that, that would probably, that probably, like, the viewers would understand that if they smoke, not breathing. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, so then, you know, Katniss is struggling with uh, helping Pete along. Um, because obviously Pete is bigger than Katniss, so he, she can't exactly like pick him up and just start running. Um, so she switches with Finnick and, uh, Katniss starts carrying mags and Finnick carries Pete. Um, and it just kind of shows once again that Katniss is really, really in control and <laughs> she wears the pants in, uh, her and Pete's relationship. Seriously. Um, and along She's like, with, you're going with Finnick, go. <laughs> right, yeah, and along with Finnick, he's kind of in charge too. Yeah. Um, 
So they, it's Fennec's idea to kind of start moving towards the water. And so, uh, Katniss is very thankful of this because she really didn't think of that because he's kind of moving diagonally down the hill instead of just straight away from the fog. Yeah, Katniss um, is like, oh, thank God Finnick has an idea of where to go because I'm lost right now. Right, and she's like, uh, quote, I'm, now I'm so thankful I didn't kill Finnick. <laughs> yeah. Just, just real, really real. Um, yeah. So Katniss starts struggling with Mags, but Finnick can't take both of them. And then here's the vital scene where Mags kisses Finnick on the lips with yeah mm-hmm. and runs or hobbles into the fog oh so sad so i'm i mean now we're focusing on the movie a lot but yeah that's what I mean, we do it's coming up so yeah <laughs> only a few short months oh my gosh so excited uh so do you think that they'll keep this kind of the same in the movie or is it gonna look cheesy oh like this is such a really important plot point and really makes it really defines like the relationship between mags and finnick because Mm -hmm. like mags is like okay you know i'm going to sacrifice myself so you guys can be safe i thought it was interesting it's definitely like a culture thing maybe in finnick's district or something where mags kissed finnick on the lips yeah i think they would maybe change that to maybe like on the forehead or on the cheek or something just because um that may look like kids kids may be like what like um yeah, it's a little too inappropriate, yeah. Yeah, and um, not that I have anything against it, but I'm just thinking that for like like for film, it may be better to change that a little bit. And then mm-hmm. Mag's body like flailing about in the... And I think she, she may just like fade into the fog and never come back. Yeah, and I was I thinking think that And I think that may just be like she's dead, mm-hmm. you know? And then a cannon will fire and then we'll like, okay. Um, right. But that's a very crazy, um, really interesting uh, description in the novel, but I don't think it would translate very well as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I had something to say to that, and now I can't remember. Oh, darn it. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know, but <clears throat> definitely, yeah, her just kind of going uh, into the fire. Um Oh, do you Fog. think that they're going to kind of add some dialogue between her and Finnick, or do you think she's just going to kind of do it like she did in the book where there's no dialogue? Hmm. I'm kind of thinking she might say, like, something to him to make it more dramatic, more cinematic, where it's like... That's very true. Yeah, like, one last kind of sentence, or maybe they have to figure out, like, what she meant later on or something. Oh, um, yeah, that's very true. So. That'd be good for the film. Yeah, kind of add a little more uh, drama to the whole mix. Um... So once uh, Finnick, uh, Katniss, and Peta all get down, kind of away from the fog, um, they kind of collapse on the ground because they can't go any further. They've got crazy muscle spasms where they really can't control their bodies anymore. Um, And then Katniss notices that the, quote, wall of fog, different from wall of fire, wall of fog, is constrained, which uh, stops it kind of stops moving forward it just kind of like hangs it out. almost hits an, an invisible barrier or something is what she said right and it, it probably is because the game makers i'm sure kind of designed it that way yeah. oh and now that i think of it it's probably hitting you know how it, the whole arena is a clock it's probably hitting one of the points where yeah. they were in that sliver of the kind of clock and yeah. it probably just got out of it um it probably explains that later in the book but i don't remember um <laughs> and then we're uh we're teased a little bit with um, the monkeys. Um, there's a couple of them, and they're described with orange fur and, like, half the size of a human. 
foreshadows um, the tag. Right. Um, and and they're not bothering them at first. Um, so it kind of just foreshadows, like, the, the cliffhanger at the end of the chapter. Um, and then they kind of start crawling more towards the water. Um, and the salt water hurts at first and then heals. And so then kind of helps Finnick. And Peta cuts away his jumpsuit. Um, and Finnick is not responding during all this. And we can assume it's more than just the physical damage, that it's the emotional um, damage from losing bags uh, that he's yeah. processing. Heartbreaking. Yeah, and so Katniss is thinking, you know, they're very vulnerable where they are and, you know, out in the open and they're all burned and everything. Um, so kind of fleeting thought of hers. And um, so Peta goes to make a hole in the tree so that Katniss can tap it. And so he says one line just saying, like, oh, I'll go do it, saying, um, you stay with him, meaning Finnick. Um, you're the healer. And I'm still confused by this line. It, and Katniss thinks that's a joke, right? Like, but I don't. I don't get it. Like, does he actually mean that as a joke or is he being serious? I, I sometimes feel like he's being serious. I, I think he is trying to like help Katniss with confidence, but also be like, you know, more about healing than all of us anyway. So why don't you just be the healer? Your mom's a healer. You helped sort of heal me in the arena and the mm-hmm. 74th games. Um, so I think he's being serious, but Katniss is like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not a healer. I don't know anything about this, so. Right. When when she does, more than she kind of lets on that. She has watched her mom over the years, so she's picked up some skills. Um, yeah. She may not be good at them, but she has the knowledge in there, so. Yeah. Um, and once again, you know, she's doing a little housekeeping, just kind of cleaning herself up, and um, her the games have damaged her braid again. Before it was the wall of fire, and now it's the wall of fog that has damaged her braid, so I thought that was <laughs> worth mentioning. Parallel. Yeah. Um. So then Katniss senses um, a mass of warm bodies posed above us, poised above us. Oh, my gosh. And just this shows, again, that Katniss kind of knows Peta better than almost Peta does himself. He knows himself, yeah. Yeah, so she kind of knows his reactions. And so right right away, kind of Katniss kind of just, you know, like, lets Finnick know just by touching his arm. And so then they arm themselves. And... Um, so Kat is kind of like, Peta, you know, don't, don't just come here. Like, you know, and she's not saying anything about danger. She's just saying, come here. But Peta kind of senses that in her voice because it's so steady that Katniss's voice usually is not this steady. Yeah. And so, um, as soon as he glances up at them, they begin to attack. So, um, and as soon as they start to attack, Katniss knows right away they're mutts, which seems a little, a little bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. Just because, like, she's never encountered a monkey before. She knows it's a monkey just probably because school or something. She says that she just knows what the the name that pops in her head when she sees it. But how does she know it's a mutt? I don't know. I think it may it may have a sort of like air of mutated animalism, mm-hmm. but it also it, she may also just be thinking we're in an arena created where everything is man-made so this has to be man-made to try and kill us as well so i it's, sort of feel like she's like oh we're in the arena everything is out there to destroy us so right and especially since like the game makers want to control everything that they can call the mutts off so yeah yeah I suppose you're right um <laughs> well. So they kind of, you know, do that thing in the movies where they have, uh, they're kind of, their backs to each other and they're kind of in a triangle so that they're protecting each other's backs. 
<laughs> the thing in the movies. That's right. very true. Well, yeah, you know? I think yeah. it's it's going to look great on screen. Hopefully, like, they do this right. Because I know, like, the Nightlock scene where uh, Katniss and Peeta have the berries out, like, they're facing each other. Where in the book, their backs were to each oh, other. I know. I hope they do this like it was in the book. Yeah, because, like, I don't know. That was such an iconic, like, image if they had the lake in the background with their backs and the kind of their shadows and their hands raised out. Because just trust. Like, you you don't – you can't see the other person. Yeah. Ugh, I'm so mad at Gary Ross for that. Come on, Gary Ross. <sighs> Get your stuff together. So disappointed. That's why you didn't come back. That one scene just, nope, you're gone. <laughs> um, so then this monkey jumps right for Peta, and uh, Katniss runs to protect him, but she's, you know, not quick enough. And so out of the out of nowhere, the morphling from District 6. 6, yeah. Yeah. Um, hugs the monkey, which kind of like, you know, kind of just like kind of grabs it. And it, the monkey, like, bites her, and she dies. Yeah, that's... Ugh. Um, she or... Yeah, she. Well, she doesn't die yet. Oh, okay. She doesn't die yet. She, Just She kidding. dies in my chapter. Oh, so. Sorry, I'm stealing your thunder here. No, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> so my last question here is, um, was the Morphlin from District 6 aware of the plan to take down the Game Makers and escape and all that, you think? Or it, it, is this just kind of like a suicide kind of thing? <sighs> I don't even, I, I don't know. Because I feel like everyone can't be in on this, yeah. like, you know, plan. You know, because it would leak out event. There's going to be one loose loose lips Lucy who's going to tell everyone mm-hmm. about it. So um, I feel like this is just sort of like desperation of the morphling in the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I, do you I think? I think so, too. Gotcha. Um, so... All right, time for your shining moment here, Chris. Okay, um, this over the is air. chapter twenty-two. This is my first time doing a chapter, so bear with me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So what just happened was the District Six girl just like materializes, as uh, Katniss says, um, and uh, gets bit by um, one of the mutts. And they were all fighting all of the monkeys, and suddenly it all stops, as if some unheard voice calls them away—a game maker's voice telling them this is enough. Um, so Katniss tells Peta to move the District 6 girl to the beach, uh, and they notice wounds, um, inflicted by the monkeys and see that they must have damaged vital organs, like her lungs and her heart. Um, so she's just kind of, like, struggling to breathe, and she, it, it says she lies on the sand, gasping like a fish out of water. Uh, Katniss, P- Finnick, and Peter are basically just watching this girl die, like, she's just laying on the sand, like, struggling, and Katniss, um remembers when she was watching Rue basically die in the in the mm. arena last year and she wants to do something. She's like, should I sing her a song? Like, I don't know. And That's course, all she can think of doing. Like, that's her go-to thing when someone I, dies. I guess so. She's like a cabaret singer. So she's like, I'm going to sing a song right. for you guys. Um, no, and so uh, Peta, being the man who knows what to do, you know, all the time, um, it's like, uh, he starts talking to her about his paint box. Cause he knew, um, in training, he saw that she liked to paint. Um, and then, so this really morbid image of her, you know, taking her own blood and painting a, a flower on Peta's cheek is something that definitely oh stands out. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, but you know, she's, she's dying, you know, Finnick, uh, not Finnick. Peta is very like comforting, um, and he says it's very nice and everything. And then the cannon fires. So he takes her out into the water and she's taken away. Um, Finnick, as 
Finnick wanted to get away, you know, so while this girl was basically dying. So he's like, I'm going to go watch the woods, watch the jungle. And then he also um, gets all of Katniss's arrows that she used when she was um, killing all of the monkeys Mm -hmm. and defending them. Um, But they notice that all of the monkeys are gone, all of the bodies, too. So they're just like, "Okay, that's a little crazy. But we are in the arena. So so they're missing a lot of arrows because of that. Yeah. So they're like, oh, dear. Um, Katniss notices that the areas on their body where the fog affected them have now like scabbed over and she's like, okay, let's, let's think of that as a good thing. They're healing, you know? Um, but it's, she's just like, oh my gosh, this is disgusting. Um, (laughs) Finnick offers to keep watch that night. Uh, Katniss is weary at first, but then she kind of sees that there's tears in Finnick's eyes and she's like, you know, I should probably let him mourn Mags in peace. Um, you know, which is so sad but Katniss wakes up Finnick was so busy that night and he made um, a mat of grass shielding her and Peta's face from the sunlight two woven bowls filled with fresh water and a third that holds a mess of shellfish so they're gonna eat good today <laughs> yeah but, uh, he, he was like Katniss, a busy wife while they were all sleeping he was just preparing he was the housewife yeah um but Katniss reaches for the shellfish and she sees that her hands are caked with like her fingernails are caked with blood and she's like, uh, and she realizes that she had been scratching herself um, all all night because uh, her skin had been itching. And uh, she goes and washes her hands in the ocean. You know, she's, she screams, hey, hey, Mitch, if you're not too drunk, we could use a little something for our skin. And a parachute uh, appears almost instantaneously, which I think is so funny because great. Uh, Katniss and Hamish sort of have this connection where they can communicate almost without communicating uh, in the games to get certain things. And I thought it was funny how she was just like, nope, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to say it. Right. Um, yeah. Which she probably already had it all set up. And it's just a matter of her asking. Then he was like pressing the button, you know? Yeah. He was like, all right, down she goes. Um, Finnick describes the look on, of the ointment on the skin as if it's decomposing. Um, but he puts it on since the itching is just unbearable. And I loved this little, this like quote, this conversation between Katniss. Katniss jokes with him, poor Finnick, is this the first time in your life you haven't looked pretty? I say, it must be. The sensation's completely new. How have you managed it all these years? He asks. Just avoid mirrors. You'll forget about it, I say. Not if I keep looking at you, he says. So their conversations like, are great banter. It's, it's definitely the comic relief in the games because outside the games, pretty much Effie and Hamish, but... In the games, I'd have to say, it's definitely their conversations. Yeah, because Katniss is so witty sometimes. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's, you never sort of expect it from her. Right. Um, and so they've sort of bonded um, by, you know, they bond by scaring Peta awake. And Katniss comes to the conclusion that maybe Finnick O'Dare is all right. So mm-hmm. thankfully, as even Kira said in Chapter 21, she's like, thank God I didn't kill uh, Finnick, you know. Right. He's been a pretty big help. He's useful. Um, and so they're eating, uh, they're eating um, and then a wedge of the jungle begins to vibrate. Uh, enorm- an enormous wave crests high on the hill, topping the trees and roaring down the slope. A cannon fires. So Katniss is like, okay, now only 12 of us remain. And then which... two spokes away on the beach, which is interesting how it's like sort of like divided already, which foreshadows the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, Katniss notices three figures out in the distance. And so... Uh, Finnick, Katniss, and Peter are like, all right, let's get back in the jungle. You know, we don't want to, you know, die and stuff. You know, normal stuff. And uh, Finnick realizes that Joanna, or Johanna, is one of the three and runs out to meet her. And Katniss is like, uh, and Peter's like, oh, we have to go 
with him. Like, we can't just leave him out there. And Katniss is like, okay. Um, and Joanna is currently a lot uh, allied with Wyrus and Beatty. Um, Beatty is like a hot mess. He's like, he got, um, he was like stabbed in the back, literally, oh, um, at right. the cornucopia. So he's just like on the ground, like passed out, like they've been dragging him. And then Wyrus is just like, crazy she's gone into like a fit right um joanna tells finnick that uh that the others uh tells finnick and the others that what they thought was rain falling from the sky was actually blood thick hot blood you couldn't see you couldn't speak without getting a mouthful which is so gross yeah (laughs) i can't even imagine um and we learned that blight joanna's district seven counterpart hit the force field and that was the cannon fire um, that we heard before. Right. Um, and, uh, Wyrus just keeps repeating TikTok, TikTok. Um, and so Wyrus sort of, sho- uh, Joanna shoves Wyrus and Katniss kind of sticks up for her and is like, Hey, stop, you know, just let her relax. Like she's not doing anything. And that results in a slap so hard from Joanna. Katniss literally sees stars, which can actually like- happen. Like, you know, if you get hit hard enough, that's not just like a, you know, cartoon thing. Like that's a real thing. Yeah. Look at you, science girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so uh, they bring Wyrus and Beatty back to their camp and help clean them up. Um, and Wyrus keeps repeating, uh, tick-tock, tick-tock. But, you know, Katniss says Beatty was usually there to decode um, Wyrus, but Beatty's out. He He's, like, unconscious with- at this point? I'm pretty sure he partied a little okay. too hard yeah. um, and uh, he's lying and they're cleaning him up. They're taking off his uh, um, jumpsuit and, you know, Katniss even makes the um, remark like she's used to, she's not really, um, she's desensitized to seeing naked people now that there have been so many naked like men on her mother's table that she's been helping. So right. and seeing PETA naked in the uh, arena the year before, you know, wah, wah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Wyrus keeps refe- uh, repeating TikTok, TikTok, um, and Katniss is like, "Okay, yeah, TikTok. Okay, yeah, sure, absolutely, TikTok." Uh, to try to calm her down, and then um, that night, Joanna and Katniss um, offer to keep watch, and um, Joanna tells uh, um, Katniss that Max was Finnick's mentor, and there's a quote: "She was half his family." Um, so then the next morning, uh, it's noon and Katniss notices the bolt of lightning struck again in the same place it did that night, um, at midnight. So, um, Katniss says the beautiful quote, tick tock, this is a clock. And Katniss finally realizes and, uh, the readers finally get like thrown into the idea that the arena is set up like a clock. Which is just a pivotal moment. Cause it's like, you're finally figuring this whole thing out. Seriously, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, that's so cool. That's awesome. And and probably in the movie, you will be able to figure it out before, like, because if you can visually see it, we might be able to figure it out before. Like, in yeah, the book, it's hard, is. like, we're all picturing different things. So, I wonder if they'll give us more of a hint towards it. Because I like when movies do that, like, you can just start to figure it out on your own. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, uh, is that? No, uh, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that was a great, great chapter. Definitely. Those two chapters are great. You did a fantastic job with oh, thanks. the summary. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. The next segment is called Capital Opera. Uh, well, I don't know how to really describe it. Uh, we play a song 
that we are able to connect to the Hunger Games. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so the song that I picked out for this week is Heart Attack by Demi Lovato because um, she's my girl. I like Demi. She's, she's yeah. good. She's a good yeah, role model, yeah. too. Another one. Yeah, she's great. All right, Kira, why don't we listen to a clip of Heart Attack by Demi Lovato right now? All right, here we go. You're making me glow. to direct a music video uh hunger game style of this song uh katniss would be singing about how she fears about falling in love uh with both Peta and gail and um there's uh there's a word you make me glow um which is like girl on fire she's glowing huh? <laughs> right, um, yeah, katniss definitely. is never one to truly show or express her emotions uh she always sort of has a barrier up for her own protection so i can definitely see how a lyric like this could be happening in her head while thinking about her two love interests right um and definitely the quote like putting defenses up because i don't want to fall in love like that's totally like the quote for the first book because and and second but um she's she's acting like she's in love but she's like i don't actually want to be so she's trying to like remove herself from her actions yeah but she kind of fails to do so because she ends up in love so yeah because she's like so i'm putting my defenses up because i don't want to fall in love if i ever did that i think i'd have a heart attack you know so she's definitely fearful of opening herself up to a person because her life is so freaking crazy um yeah and she also i think doesn't want to love somebody just because she doesn't want to have to worry about them and and mourn them if they die because in this world everyone's dying everywhere so that's very true. She's she's very mindful of not attaching on people because she doesn't want to lose them. Um, yeah, so definitely, a, definitely a theme for most of the books. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely a good song. Um, cool. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps up the show. I think that was a pretty good show. I think so too. It was yeah. fun. It was very fluid. <laughs> not not <laughs> much good. editing for me to do, so I'm happy about that. Um, so, uh, I just wanted to remind all you listeners, um, I, uh, recently, well, not so recently, back in February, uh, got a job as a social media curator. So, uh, if you're interested in any social media guidance, you can, uh, email us or tweet me. I'll, I'll give it up. I, my Twitter handle's out there. I might as well say it on the show at Kira Deneen, K-I-R-A-D-I-N-E-E-N. You can tweet me there. Uh, so you can also email us with your questions about the Hunger Games, not just myself. Um, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, ideas, everything. Even topics on previous episodes. We like getting those. They're kind of uh, gems from the past. Uh, so you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash nightlockpodcast. Twitter, twitter.com slash nightlockpod, P-O-D. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at chriscast95. And we will... Uh, tweet that out. We'll say, you know, guest host on the show and cool, cool. include your Twitter handle. So thank you. If you don't remember it, you just check our Twitter out. But yeah, definitely go follow Chris. Um, I think he has more followers than me. So follow <laughs> me too. Um, 
And you can subscribe us on iTunes. Um, all those links are on our website, except for our Twitter handles, but those are on our Twitter. So you can go to Nightlock Pod. Um, but yeah, when you're subscribing us on iTunes, if you haven't already, which you probably have at this point because we're 49 episodes in, you probably don't go in each time and download the episode. Uh, so you can subscribe. review us. Yes, review, subscribe, review, review. Don't stop. We'll yes. start reading them on the show uh, if we get any new good ones. So write something insightful. Always like and funny. Those. I like funny stuff. Yeah, funny stuff is good too. <laughs> stuff you like about the show. It's, it's good to have feedback because whatever you like, we'll do it more. Absolutely. And if you have a hard time keeping up with everything I just said, you can just subscribe to our email alerts. And whenever we make a new announcement, um, a major announcement, or release a new episode, you'll get an alert. You can do this by signing up in the sidebar of our website, netlockpodcast.com. So basically, as I say every time, just remember our website and you're good. All right. Well, we're bringing back um, a little mini segment here to end the show. Recommendations. We uh, like to end every show. Sometimes we don't because I'm running out of books. <laughs> Recommending a book that our listeners may enjoy. You can send in your own book recommendations to nightlockpodcast at gmail.com. Just include a short summary or I'll Google it. So, But it's easier if you do it. Less work for me. Yes, it's nice for Cure. It's convenient. Yes. I like convenient things. You guys make my life easier when you do that. All right. Take it away, Chris, because I don't have a book. So, um, All right. So I recently finished um, J.K. Rowling's uh, new book that she wrote under the pseudonym of Robert Galebraith. It's called The Cuckoo's Calling, and it's a mystery novel. Um, all about a famous uh, model who falls to her death named Lula Landry. Hmm. Um, So it definitely, it's a longer book, um, but you definitely want to stick in it till the end because the end, her, like her explanation and how the crime, like murder was solved was just like unbelievable. It's, it takes me for a spin and I was reading it on a plane actually. And I was like, what? I'm, I'm a very vocal reader. Right. So I was very like expressive about how I felt. So it was uh, definitely something that you should check out. Awesome. It's on my list. Can't say when I'll get to it, but yeah, it's called the cuckoo's calling. Yes. And, and I assume at some point they're going to have, if they haven't already, um, on the cover, they'll say JK Rowling. Somewhere. I think they're printing a new, um, uh, they're doing a new print run or whatever that'll have J.K. Rowling is actually Robert Galbraith. So right, yeah. So and if you can, it's probably good to get a copy of like the first run of print because I'm sure it'll be worth money someday. So oh, I have no doubt. Yeah, so. collector's edition. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the show. Uh, and I forgot to mention this. If you want to be a guest host on the show, um, you can come talk to me. No promises, but uh, we can talk about it. Uh, just email us. That's probably the best way. Tweeting is good, too, but email is my primary thing I'd like you to do. More formal. Yes. Um, and, you know, you can just kind of talk about if you've had podcast experience. You don't need to. That's not necessary. Just good thing to know if you have. Um, just the kind of mic you have and why you want to be on the show and how old you are. That kind of stuff. All that jazz. Right. So we will see you next episode for episode 50. Can't oh, my gosh. That's it. crazy. I, I've done 49 episodes of this. That's kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, two years old and episode 50. And I might be able to kind of have a surprise for you all for uh, our September 50th episode. Um, I can't say it yet because nothing's finalized yet, but uh, Ooh, it's, it should be tuned. exciting. 
I'm definitely looking forward to it. So subscribe to the email alerts so yeah. you'll find out. Yeah, because I'll probably make the announcement before we have the episode. Now I'm gonna seem really, really dumb and embarrassed if this doesn't end up happening. Oh, is it? It'll be anticlimactic. Right. It'll be like ah, another episode, but <laughs> I think it will be a good episode. So definitely stay tuned. All right, All bye right. guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>